Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Tanner Olson, and this is episode 28 of Walk a Little Slower, a podcast where I share a little hope, a little love, and a little bit of what I've been learning. This is a podcast where you are invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually keep going. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Thank you for tuning in week after week and for rating, reviewing, and sharing the show around. I'll be honest, it means the world. So Thanks for doing that. Earlier this month, Written to Wear was launched. Written to Wear is a clothing brand that seeks to spread hope, and you can check it out at writtentowear.com. We currently have three collections that are available. Spread hope, just happy to be here, and life is not a race, and you are not behind. Every couple of months, maybe weeks, we'll be adding new designs to the store, so keep an eye out. You can visit writtentowear.com for more. Before we get into today's episode, just one more thing. I said this last week, but I want to say it again. I'm starting to book events for the fall and winter. So if you're looking to have a guest speaker at your church or school, or you're interested in hosting a night of poetry and storytelling and hope, let me know. I'm also playing events with musicians Matt Daring and Blake Flatley, as well as speaking alongside author and therapist Heidi Gaiman. I'd love to share more with you and find the perfect event for your church and your community. Visit writtentospeak.com to get in touch. All right, today's episode. Today's episode is a conversation with my friend Dave Connis. Dave is an author and a friend and someone who has been a huge encouragement to me over the last few years. Dave and I, we met during the pandemic over Instagram and have been friends ever since. Dave has written four books, two young adult and two picture books, his most recent being The Stories of God in Kiki, which was released in July. It's a fantastic book, The Colors, are a lot of fun, and we'll talk all about that book in today's episode. You can find his work at daveconnis.com, or you can just look at the show notes after you listen to the episode. Anyways, here is my conversation with Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave, you're a writer. I'm yes. a writer, so it only makes sense that we talk about writing. When, yeah. when you are at like a, at a party and you meet someone for the first time and they ask you the question, what do you do? What's your response? I lie a lot, actually. That's not true. I, um, I lie and, and I, and I omit. So to make it a lot easier. And then if they are really interested and then I will tell them the truth. Um, (laughs) that sounds horrible, but that's actually what I do. So for my job, my job is kind of weird. It's, not it's a rare it's not rare that makes me sound like i'm more special than i am but it's like not a normal it's not a normal um thing that people hear about i'm a content designer which is very similar to a product designer 
So what I just tell people is that I'm a product designer because that's easier to track and people will just assume that I am that anyway. Mm. Um, so if I feel like if I have like energy and I feel like, oh, you might actually care about this, then I will tell them that I'm a content designer. I actually don't tell them that I am a writer because it feels hmm. weird. Like there's no natural way to bring it up. It's like, oh, and I have books that I write on the well, side. That's well, let's get into that for a minute. Like, why why do you why do you hold back? Um, why do I hold back? I think some of it is just like I want to I want to keep things. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid. Streamlined, but I also like at, at, like I got used to like oh you're a writer. I have a friend that's a writer, and they just released yeah. a book, and it's like all right, that's what they do. Cool. That's, yeah, that's what writers do. They do release so books. Now we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> and then so, you have to like deflect anyway. So I just like stopped. That makes sense to me. So yeah. after I do like poetry events, people will tell me afterwards, they'll say, Man, that was that was funny. You're like a you're like you're like a comedian. They don't say I'm a comedian, but they're like, you're like a comedian. Sure. And I've thought about like doing that, like, you know, doing stand up or doing something like that. But I just feel like there's like so much pressure to call yourself and there is, there's a lot of pressure to call yourself something because in this, when, anytime you tell that to somebody, then they expect something out of you or they, they somewhat maybe box you in. And so I get why you're like, well, I'm not just going to yep. lead with, yep. I am a writer. Yep. So that makes yeah. sense. But you, but you are, then that's why you're, you're, on, the, you're on the podcast, not because yes. you're a content designer, but because you're a writer. Yes. And I am. A, and I think I'm also just cynical too. Like I just assume mm-hmm. that if I tell you I'm a writer, then you're going to be like, Oh, Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's my fault. That's my problem. That's nobody else's problem. I one time, this was right as I was getting started with like writing blogs and stuff. I had a lady and I told her and I was like the first time that I told anybody that I was a writer. And I said, I'm a writer. And she goes, well, what have you written? And I said, why? Well, you know, I, I post a lot of like blogs and I share things on Instagram. And she goes, oh, so you're you're not like a real you're not a real writer. You don't have anything published. <laughs> And that's always, it's always stuck because I'm like, there you go. no, that's, that's not what it, like, yeah. if you write, yeah. you're a writer, you're a right? Like if I, if I play basketball, no, I'm not in the NBA, but I'm still a basketball yeah, still, player. Right. And so I, I, yeah, man, I, that makes sense that that resonates a little bit. There was, but how did, there was one time uh, somebody asked me, this is a while ago. Somebody asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, oh, I want to be a writer full time. And their response was, no lie. Have you talked to your pastor about that? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I have not and probably won't. I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed my pastor's permission to dream. I didn't know that this was like a pastor thing that I needed to Anyway. That's that's funny. I just avoid all of that by not saying anything. Yeah. I am a a product designer. What, how how did you get into writing? Mm. So, um, video games is the short answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love video games for stories when I was but a wee lad. And um, I always wanted to live in the world specifically. So specifically Zelda um, yeah. was like, I, I can trace it back to that. I love the world of Zelda and just like the story of Zelda. And I wrote Zelda fan fiction. Like that was my first foray into writing. 
Um, and then I went into X-Men fan fiction, obviously. And that's um, the natural next step. That is the natural next step. And then I went into, um, I started writing my own stuff, but my, even my first book that I wrote was based off of a N64 game wave runner. Um, yes. so like I, it was just video games, like video games started it. And then throughout high school, it kept going. Um, I was the nerd that was reading like star Wars novels and I picked up like the halo books. I was that yeah. nerd. Um, and yeah, super cool in high school. And then, um, <laughs> uh went at college and then college killed a lot of my creativity well that's not entirely true i just did music and then out of college my senior year i read all of the harry potter books instead of actually doing work um and like i binged it in a semester and it was i think about it still it's very impressive that i read that many books that that short of time because i'm not a fast reader right and then i finished at christmas i finished it at christmas and I remember I was like really depressed for about a month after mm-hmm. I'd finished it. And my response was like, well, I guess I just need to write my own book now. And that is where when I started. So yeah. after I did that in 2011, I graduated and then I wrote, um, I was like, well, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this book. So I, I wrote it, finished it. And then I was like, well, now what? And um that's kind of started the journey in earnest. And what is it now? That was in 2011. So 11 years later, here we are. That's I'm wild. still asking. I'm still asking now what? I'm just kidding. Yeah. And somebody asked me the day, like, um, you know, how will you know when you've made it as a writer? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. Like, I don't <laughs> think people, yeah. they don't make it. You just, no. you, you keep doing it. Like that's, that's the joy. That's the thrill yeah. of writing is, is, yeah. is the writing itself. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it. And I would, I would venture to say that you're not trying to make it. You're just writing yes. and trying to keep writing. And it would be nice to probably just only write, yeah. but I've never met somebody who's just a writer, you know, there are a few, but they're rare and they're, yeah. they, they typically have, um, like all the people that I know are either mm-hmm. single, um, and they don't have any other financial commitments or they are supported by a spouse of some sort and they can do full-time writing. Yeah. Um, well, supported might not be the right word. Uh, <laughs> they have a spouse that is also working. Um, yes, that's carrying them. That is, that is carrying them. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. So, well, yeah. And I say that because like, I don't, you know, I don't just write. It's like the nine other things that you have to do as well. And like you, you work, you know, you work a full-time job and then you write on, I don't know if it's, it's probably not even proper to say you write on the side because it's on the side of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, Your side hustle. Um, but you have to be disciplined to be a writer. So what kind of walk me through that? Like, like you're working a full-time job, you've got a family, you're married, you, how do you find the time to write? What do you do in order to put words down on the page? So I actually had to reckon with all of this, uh, like four months ago, I was starting to not want to write mm-hmm. because it felt like I was every single time I was showing up, it was just too much work. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you shouldn't feel, <laughs> you shouldn't feel that way when you're writing because it's like something you get to do. It's not something you have mm-hmm. to do. So I realized um, when I started writing back in 
2011. I didn't work. I did work full time, but it was a different situation. I had basically a job where it, it like required me to exist in the space of this job. It didn't require much else. So I, I wrote like, I wouldn't say nine to five, but I, it, I wrote a good portion of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of my creative habits I created then, which was like, I'm a, I fly by the scene of my pants. I don't need any synopsis. No synopsis can hold me down. Um, and like, it was just like, I'm in it. I'll figure it out when I'm, when I'm in it while I'm writing. Um, and those were kind of like the habits that I got into. Um, well, fast forward a few years and we've got full-time job, three kids, um, and, uh, surprise those didn't work, but I didn't, I just didn't realize it until this year, because for me, it was just like, well, this is just how I work. I just need, I need to create this way. Like, this is just yep. me. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't want to be bound by a synopsis or I don't want to, mm-hmm. it's just not. So, um, it wasn't working. So, I mean, the last five years, I think I've struggled with my, how I write. So, um, I got to a point where it's just like, okay, am I done? Am I done writing, mm-hmm. trying to shove this into the side? Should I be done? Because I've yeah. tried, I feel like I've tried all the things and it's not working. Um, so I took, a, I took a writing retreat and I was just like, why is this not working? Why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously figured out that like, okay, these, the, the creative habits that I, that I made when I wasn't, didn't have kids and not necessarily working full time, I don't think maybe those work anymore. So what does work now? Um, So I tried a bunch of different stuff and realized that I have tiny slots of time to write. So typically in a day um, I'll write, I'll, I'll eat through my lunch at my desk at work and then I'll write from four to five. Um, That doesn't always work depending on how much work I actually have to do. Um, but that's what I'd shoot for. Um, so I have an hour, an hour chunk to write. And I, ca- I found that like when I got to that hour chunk, if every single time I felt like I had to make this giant creative decision about where the plot was going to go, mm-hmm. what the themes needed to be, what like these massive decisions, and it just got to be exhausting. Um, to like show up with the small time amount of time and have to make these massive decisions. And so I was like, huh, I wonder if I should try synopsizing, synopsizing. That's it. Yeah. So I did. And I don't know if it's worked or not yet, but it definitely feels a lot better and has made me like writing again. So, so you went from just like writing as you go, letting oh, yeah. the story kind of figure yeah. it out. I like you're just kind off. of creating these puzzle pieces yeah. as you're putting the puzzle together. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, yeah. so now, so you went from just like kind of free for all, fueling your way through it to no, I have a plan. And yep. I think that's, that's, that's important to like, to recognize. And I think a lot of people like when I, I write, I kind of do the same thing. But as I've been working on this on this memoir, it's been like, okay, I know I want to talk about this and I know I want to talk about this. What goes in between? How do we bridge this? All this kind of stuff. And so there is a, I think for a lot of writers, there the, the importance of a of a planning, 
of sitting down and planning this out before you before you jump into it. But you also yeah. have to be able to be flexible, but also, I guess, like faithful to the stories that you're trying to tell. Yeah. So yeah. what what's like the best advice that you have for, for writers or advice that you would give? I don't know if it's the best advice. Um, I, I think it's not even like advice for process, but just like be gracious with yourself. <laughs> um, and... Like there's a lot of, I feel like writing any sort of creative pursuit, there's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of like, I just, I just need to do this or I want to see this happen. And every writer I've talked to, they could be a New York, New York Times bestseller. They could be self-published. They can be anybody. It's never, they never feel, this goes back to what you're saying. They never feel like they've made it. Mm-hmm. Um and if they do, they're probably not very good people. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but am I? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but like most of the time, they've never they never feel like, oh yeah, I've made it as a writer because you're constantly staring down. Well, okay, I had a success this time, but can I do it again? Yeah. And if I can't do it again, what am I going to do? And then you end up in this imposter syndrome where it feels like, oh, I the world actually made a mistake (laughs) in giving me this past success because I don't think I'm actually that good. So, um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of like, you just have to have grace and you just have to take it a book at a time and you have to do it because you love it. And yeah, that's the big thing. And I think one of the things, and, and maybe you get tripped up on this too, is, is when you begin to compare where you're at to where somebody else is at Yes, or to what they've, I quote unquote accomplished yes, or not, you know? And and so you, and that was, I think for the first, I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And for the first, for the first 10 years that I've been doing this comparison has always been an easy thing to fall into, Yep, you know, and that's, that's kind of what holds you back. And it's also, you know, you got to give yourself grace as you step into this and say, well, it's not going to, it's first of all, it's not going to go the way that you want it to go. But if you keep showing up, it's going to go. And I think like, I mean, had you told me that I was going to be this kind of writer, this is where I would be, I would probably wouldn't have believed you. Like, had I told you back in like 20, you know, 2015 that you'd have four books out by 2022. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it'd be mind blown. That's huge. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, it's really easy to push the target, to keep pushing that target away and to yeah. like, and to like, yeah. Cause like, if you think about it in 2011, if you would have told me I would have four published books out, I would be like, awesome that's my dream that's like more than one book sweet but right now i feel like it's not enough like i currently Mm -hmm. feel like it's not enough and that i haven't done what i've wanted to so like it's really easy to push the target out Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. always 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 are you are you bad at at celebrating i'm so bad at celebrating i really worked on that with my last book with um, the stories of god and kiki I i really like wanted to be better at enjoying the mm-hmm. what happened instead of like dwelling on what didn't happen or what I wanted to happen and have some standard for um, like what a successful book launch would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm so bad at it. And I, because I yeah. think I'm a cynic by default mm-hmm. so and I'm my own worst critic. So that those two things combined to, 
<laughs> doesn't go <laughs> very well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But I think no. there is something about like being gracious and then learning how to celebrate. And it feels it feels very weird to celebrate something that you've done. But I mm-hmm. think that's an important thing. And not yeah. just as writers or creative individuals, but really throughout everything. Like, yeah, it's important to celebrate these these small moments or these these achievements that they really aren't that small. Like releasing a book is no like small feat. And it's not something that you can do by yourself either. And I think yeah. that's the that's the important thing to remember. Yeah. So when it comes to like when it comes to the right to writing and, and what you want to put into the world, what is it that you're trying to to communicate? Like what's the thing that you want to leave behind mm. with your work? Mm. So I actually had like because I went back and kind of redid my <clears throat> my uh, writing process. I think it made me wrestle with that as well. Like, what what am I? What do I have to offer? Because I've been asking that question quite a bit in terms of writing um, for a lot of reasons. And I think I came to, um, I changed my about me on my website to for this. But I want to write stories of wonder, whimsy, and worth. So mm-hmm. www, uh, obviously. Uh, but like those are the so like I want to write stories that make people feel wonder and I want to write stories that are like fun that are whimsical that things that aren't like that that make you smile and that make you laugh but I also want to write stories that point to like the inherent worth of people Um, Mm -hmm. so I figured like if I can have those three things that covers most of what I would write at any point in time (laughs) Um, because I like writing across genres. I'm not a specific genre person. Um, and I, and, uh, I feel like those three things are what I would like to leave behind in a body of work. I think, well, I think you're doing that, especially with, I mean, you just released, uh, what a couple of months ago, the stories of God and Kiki. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, or tell, I know about it, but tell those who are listening, tell them a little bit about the book. So it's a picture book. It's the second in the Image of God series. Um, It's about a little girl who is a creative writer and asks the question, um, where does she get her like propensity to write stories? Um, Spoiler, it's God because God is the, uh, the author, um, capital A, and the author of our faith and the author of the world. And um, it compares and contrasts the two, Kiki writing stories and God writing the story, like the story of history and the stories of the Bible. And um, it's a, a fun little, there's like uh, Kiki writes fantastical stories about otters, um, otter princes, and uh it's just fun it's just like a it's a it's like a fantasy she has a little fantasy world that makes the Mm -hmm. story really fun to read and it was really a lot of fun to write and also a story of my heart because i'm also a creative writer so yeah it's a very it it is a it it holds all three of those things together in that one book right Mm -hmm. it is it it holds whimsy it holds wonder in it it certainly holds worth. I, I I really enjoyed it. I just gave it to a friend. He has three little boys and they absolutely loved it. They had a lot of fun reading through it. And I mean, just though you didn't do the drawing, so I'm not giving you a compliment here, but uh, the, the artist, Amy, she just did a fantastic job. The colors 
are beautiful. Like the book, like the you just kind of want to take a bite out of the book, like because it kind of <laughs> is like it looks like candy to me. It, like, well, it yeah. looks like it tastes really good, yeah. which sounds really weird to describe. But if I'm judging a book I, by its cover, like I'm I'm hungry. I wish. Can you? Can I send that to my editor for a blurb? Like this. Oh, certainly. Looks like it tastes really good. Yeah, that it would does. Be fantastic to see. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, and there's food in it. Like there's yeah, like a lot of food in it because food's my food's my jam and yeah. i always want food in any book that i write so and jam is a food so you, is- <laughs> there you go that's how we do words yeah. uh we were maybe not well but we do we words yeah, uh sure so you just released this book but like i i know that as you were releasing that book you were you were also working on another project and i and i found the same way too so maybe that's also why it's difficult to stop and to celebrate when a book releases because i, I I know like yourself, like I'm already thinking about the next project, yep. the next project. And like, I That's have nice. 10 different Google docs open because those yep. are the 10 different things I'm working yep. on. So what is, what is next for Dave? What is next for Dave? So I just went um, on submission, which uh, is just a fancy word for um, sending your agent, sending uh, a book to editors at publishing houses to see if they want it. Mm-hmm. Um, with my, my first YA um, since 2017, um, it's a historical fantasy currently called Provenance. And it's about uh, an orphan boy living on the streets of Cremona, Italy in the 18th century, who um, gets a chance to compete against three other apprentices for the legacy and shop of violin maker Antonio Stradivari. Um, Because obviously he's a wizard. Um, How else do his violins sound so good and are still world renowned currently? (laughs) Obviously. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. So that's, yeah. So for the, for those who, who are listening and want to be, writers or authors, everything that you just said about, you know, yes, you know, I, I sent it off for submission. I have an agent. What do you tell somebody who's like, well, I, how do I get to that point? Like I have these ideas and these books and I want to release them and share them. What do you, what do you, what do you share with them? Cause it's not like a secret, but I do think that it's like, it's a hard world to try it to is. enter and people want yeah. to enter it. Yep. It is. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's tons of information on the internet um, about like, if you want to go the traditional publishing route, how you would do mm-hmm. that. Um, but I mean, it took me, it took me four years to get an agent and I had to yeah. you do what's called querying. You query an agent. If you want to go the traditional publishing route, you have to query an agent. Every agent it's like applying to a job and everybody always says like you need to write your cover letter specifically for that job. Queries are kind of the same thing. Every agent has what they like, the things that they want, um, the format that they want to see, different genres that they would like. So it's like a super involved process. So you do that. Once you get an agent, you that agent is then the middleman between you and the publisher. A lot of big publishers don't... Uh, except unagented manuscripts. Mm. Um, so if you want to go to a place like HarperCollins or Penguin Random House or any of these bigger publishers, you need to have an agent. Um, I went that route because I didn't want to 
do my work in a vacuum and I wanted to have a team of people that could help me make my stuff be better. And I'm just, a, I love collaborating mm -hmm. um, and I love, ha love having people to bounce stuff off of. So um, I didn't want to be solely responsible for everything. Um, but um, so there's plenty of, there's plenty of stuff out there to Google um, and there's writers conferences that go through all of that too. Like if you want to hear more about like specific stories, because no, no author has the same path to publication, not a single person. There might be yeah. some people that have like similars, like similar paths, but for the most part, most authors have just like different stories for how they, how they publish their books. So yeah, and I think that's the that's the big thing to remember is it's it's different for everybody, but like yep. there's that doesn't mean that it's not there's not a place or a spot for you. You just yep. have to try and work at it. And there's a different route for everybody. Like I've, you know, you and I have had totally different routes moving forward, yep. creating and writing, but it's worked for us in our own little ways. Yep. Um and I know I, I hate to give the advice. We'll just keep trying, just keep working at it. But that's like, that's it. it and it's also like, it. don't be afraid to reach out and to ask questions and to find people who have released books and say, Hey, how did you do that? Yep. Can you, can you, can we talk for 10 minutes? Like I just, you know, and I'm more than willing to do that with a lot of people. Yep. So, um, find anyways, man, find a community and keep at it. Um, yeah. that's, I, I know that's really dismissive of a lot of, frustration and a lot of work but like mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that the difference between me and somebody who doesn't have an agent is just i kept going it's not mm -hmm. a talent thing it's just like i got i i found the one person who said yes mm -hmm. and i was annoying until that happened so start so get out there and start dating uh, <laughs> Just keep being annoying. Just keep proposing to people yeah. and someone's going to say yes. Yes. All right, man. Uh, before we get out of here, where can we find your work online, your books? Plug yourself. All right. I am. I hang out on Instagram the most, so I think my handle is Deconist. I just changed my profile picture. It's very good. Um, which was wonderful. And you did a great job. Thanks. There's a. My favorite is the giant stuffed monkey, which is right out of <laughs> right out of view in the picture but um so i'm there i hang out there i have a website daveconnis.com or davidconnis.com either works Ooh, i know wow. super fancy and um you can find all of my books anywhere books are sold so barnes and noble or amazon um in theory your local bookstore but sometimes that's not true <laughs> so awesome well thanks man thanks for uh thanks for uh, sharing some wisdom and for kind of walking us through the ways in which you write and it is man you are doing the www thing so <laughs> keep at it it matters it, i know it matters to me and it matters to a lot of people so i really do appreciate your work and your art well thanks Tanner. means a lot man thanks for having me on of course Thanks for listening to this episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes before you go. There's links in there to find all of Dave's books on Amazon. As always, you can find me online at writtentospeak.com or on Instagram at writtentospeak. And as always, 
If you'd like to support this podcast and my ministry, you can visit patreon.com slash written to speak to become a patron. Your monthly donations allow me to continue to spread hope and announce love through written and spoken word, just like this podcast. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Next week, I'll be sharing a brand new poem with you all, and I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, have a good one. I'll talk to you later.